Welcome back, baseball family. This week, we're going to talk about sticky stuff and steroids, persistent tanking, and the Giants, Mount Rushmore, right now. Nine Plus Us presents the Baseball Together podcast with your hosts, Blackjack Brad and Kansas City Little Big Briggy Blue Eyes. And now, Baseball Together. Welcome back, baseball family, to another episode of the Baseball Together podcast. I'm Brig, and I got Brad here with me. Say hi, yeah, Brad. I'm here. Hi, yeah, he's here. How's it going? <laughs> <laughs> We're very excited. We need this in our life this week. The the day rapidly approaches that we get no longer fake baseball, but for real baseball. And I'm really excited mm-hmm. about it. Yeah. Brad, let me ask you this. Um, other than attending spring training games, how much attentions do you pay to spring training games? Um, I I check the box score for the Mariners games every day. Yeah. Because you, you don't get to something... watch spring. You don't get to watch spring training games every day on TV, right? And so once the game's over, I go check the box score, see how guys did, and I, and I take everything with a grain of salt because it's March, right? Yeah, not a big deal, but total madness. And, and there was a there was a long layoff, but at the same time though, like I like to see how guys are doing, so I pay attention. Yeah. We did go to a game on a Friday night though, and it was fantastic. Very cool. See, I pay almost no attention to spring training. I yeah. watch pitchers and I watch mm-hmm. for injuries. That's it. If, unless a guy's injured, I don't care. Honestly, yeah. I want to see how pitching is evolving, and I want to wait till opening day. Everything else, I, that's yeah. All. And I, I get that because like Julio Rodriguez had three backwards K's Friday night. The game we were at. I was first yeah. off very disappointed because he's the guy I was paying to see, right? Yeah, right. But at the same time, I was like, I don't really care because ain't no thing, right? It's spring, so yeah. It's it's all good. It's fine. But. So let's jump into some current events. We have sticky stuff and we have steroids. And I feel like those two were like divinely inspired, matched in heaven. Like <laughs> sticky stuff and steroids. First of all, the alliterative I love entirely. But second of all, they just uh-huh. need to be together. They need to be discussed together. I feel like we now we have Jekyll and Hyde. It's wonderful. So the baseball officials will be cracking down on both from now on um not that they haven't been duh just that this season they've they want to make sure that they're going to crack down on everything more intensely there was an uptick in spin rate last at the end of last season that they were really worried about and so they're really harping down on the sticky stuff let's jump into that really quick um they're going to check hands as well as equipment they implemented checking hands late last season as well to deal with this uh, increased spin rate thing so that's not necessarily new, but it's getting, I think, new attention. But I thought this was this was the interesting part. As of this season, they're going to do they're going to check uh, starters must be checked more than one time, at least two times. You have to check the starter, but there is no cap on that. They could check the starter every time he enters the game, every time he comes off the mound. They could hmm. check the starter. So I thought that was really interesting. You have to check all relievers at least one time during their tenure in that game. And they can also check all position players as well in a given time. The position players I think is new. And that's actually a really good idea because I mean, we saw first off a couple of years ago, that play where Yanni Molina had the ball stick to his chest protector. Yeah. It's like that's a whole lot of pine tar. First yeah, off, like, buddy. that is super <laughs> obvious. <laughs> right. So you know what he's doing with it. So for sure, yeah, like clean that up. And then, but there were certain guys like, uh, like Jay Buhner had a spot on his hip where yep. there was always, there was always pine tar. There's some, there's some other guys who have it like um, uh, Justin Turner has it on his, on his shoulder. Every time. The one where the bat that the bat doesn't rest on. Correct. You know, so there's stuff like very that. Strange. Yeah, it is very strange, but I, so th- I think a- it's smart because they specifically saw uh, spin rates drop after they cracked down on it at the beginning of the year. Then yep. see it coming back up again. It's like guys figured out the the uh, how to get around the inspections. That's right. So, and the reason why the hands are so important, even though they were included last season, is because in a 25 March memo, Major League Baseball issued to all teams, it, it included this quote: "quote If an umpire observes a pitcher attempt to wipe off his hands prior to an inspection, he may be subject to immediate ejection." That's huge. They're like, don't don't conceal. Right. Mm-hmm. There's no yeah. you can't attempt to to conceal 
anything or or yeah. we could without cause just throw you out if we perceive your attempt to conceal i think that's pretty interesting i like how harsh it is mm-hmm. as a as a memo i don't know that i'm gonna like how harsh it is if it happens in, in real life <laughs> yeah exactly yeah like, on I paper it it's like deterrent. oh yeah yeah, yeah. On paper, it's like, oh, that's great. But then, yeah, you get yeah. into the game, like, that's nah, pretty. Because, like, the, th- the thing squishy. that's funny, the thing that's funny is that, like, I can't even remember the guy's name anymore. I blocked him out of my mind. The Mariners pitcher who was like the first one to get busted for it, you know, and they yeah. they locked away his bag and or his glove in an evidence bag, and then yeah. ejected him, and then. And I remember like, got busted going for bat. PEDs. Yeah, I, just, I remember going to bat and be like, "Man, it was sunscreen like everywhere," you know, <laughs> blah blah whatever. That's like then the dude gets busted for PEDs. I'm like, "Kick him out! Don't let him come back. We don't need Get him. out of here. <laughs> Go play in Taiwan." Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> uh, so let's get into steroids. So Major League Baseball fully suspended <clears throat> all testing on performance enhancing drugs during the lockout. They were not allowed to interact with the players at all. We covered that. Mm -hmm. in previous episodes but what was interesting is that the new york times issued a a report an article that did a ton of investigative reporting i really enjoyed it because the low dose creams and oils could remain undetected so if you do a heavier dose you do larger like these bigger bigger chemicals that are going to stay in your system longer they would remain detectable even now so let's say a guy knew there would be a you know a 30 day 60 day lockout at least that i don't think anybody saw a 90-day lockout happening but if they saw like i know it's going to be 30 to 60 days i'm going to inject this it's going to be heavy yada yada whatever right Mm. that those heavy doses would still be detectable in spring training right now right but oils and creams would not be they are almost all traces of them are almost all the way gone within very short amount of time but what was interesting is that the New York Times reported that the benefits of those, even after detection, would be months worth. Could be up to four months, depending on how it was used. Just for cream. Yeah. And that that's really interesting, especially since, like, I mean, what you're doing with it is you're basically using a whole, like, a ton, right? Yeah. Because if you use a little bit, it's it's used to, like, level out your testosterone levels you know like having worked in a sure. pharmacy i was man there were times where i was like those things were flying off the shelf you know i was grabbing them five six seven eight nine times sometimes ten yeah. times a day and we could but we could barely keep up with it you know yeah. and i actually, actually specifically asked a pharmacist like so does this stuff like work really well he's like yeah he's like it'll make you feel like you're 16 again if you're 35 40 years old he's like you'll feel great he's like wow and if you're an athlete put some extra on there you're good to go like it's a it's a big deal so and this I mean, is like honest, hormone cream is that what we're talking about here? yeah yeah so it's um since testosterone is uh we don't get into the science but basically it has to go in through like an oil or some kind of message to absorbed. be absorbed yeah. into your skin or right. it has to be an injection There's right like the ways that the ways that those are done and so these were mostly like a gel what mm-hmm. we were what we were primarily doing they come like a little packet squeeze a packet so that's dosed so you're not using too much that's you know cool. but they also have like a meter dose like pump where you could like like pump it on your hand rub it you know put it on your arm or whatever um and yeah it was they said it's like basically the miracle drug and uh, if you use too wow. much then you're you'll feel it for sure interesting so, yeah Yep, and and undetectable after a short amount of time, which I thought. And I could really see that too. I could see that right. too, because I mean, because you're using those low doses, you, you use them every day. It's not like you're going to overdose on it. So yeah, for so sure. it's not going to stay in your system for too long. But that's one really thing cool. that's really interesting is you mentioning this, and then seeing that Vlad Guerrero Jr. lost. What, did they say thirty pounds? It was around thirty pounds. About thirty pounds in a month. Yeah. So let me tell you the other thing is <laughs> a friend of a friend of a friend oh, yeah. decided was it was it? A, that he wanted to take steroids to be a better slow-pitch softball player. It was a real thing, Brig. It was a real thing. What? A yes. better slow-pitch softball player? Better slow-pitch softball player. And he said, if you're on that stuff, he's like, if you're on the juice, he's like, it doesn't take anything to cut weight. You're cutting fat, sitting watching TV. Really? So I'm not, I mean, I'm not saying. Interesting. 
but no, this is just what this interesting. Is some of the compelling right? arguments that justify it in the minds of these players. That's the point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Interesting. That you don't okay. even have to be in it to build muscle. That if you just want to slim down, this is that's your way to do it. It's an or easy injury recovery, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's yeah. that's another reason. That was Andy Pettit's excuse. Yep. All the way yep. to the bank. So yeah, it makes sense to me. Well, let's move on past that. The Rangers are testing this what the system they're calling PitchCom, which we brought up last week. I think it was last week. It's the wristband based audio connected device thing. Mm-hmm that helps not only increase the pace of the game, but also detract from the other team's ability to steal your signs where the catcher can key a fob basically Mm -hmm. and communicate with the pitcher with technology. So the Rangers are currently testing that in spring training right now. Chris Woodward, manager of the Rangers says he likes it. He sees the value and the benefit in it, but he also says he has a quote vested interest in that <laughs> after he was a part of the LA staff in 2017 when they lost the World Series to a team who was there and uh, you know found stealing and cheating. So yeah. yeah. Um the catching instructors this is a little bit less biased of an opinion. Catching instructor Bobby Wilson says that he really likes it. Even though he says he's a traditionalist like me, he says this mm-hmm. is a great thing. I love what I'm seeing here. This is a good. This is a good idea. That's. I thought that was more interesting than even Chris Woodward's opinion. It is, and honestly, you know what though, Brig? I feel like it was only a matter of time before this happened. I don't think we need. I don't think we needed a sign stealing scandal for this to eventually come into play anyway. I think because you're right. Before <clears throat> there were signals, it was like you would. They would yell, right? They would say oh, yeah. like, "Hit and run, steal, bunt," you know, whatever. But then the the signals actually came from deaf players, like deaf teams. That's why the signals came into being. Now everybody's using them because, like, well, now they don't know what we're doing, mm-hmm. you know. So I feel like it only makes sense to implement more, more technology, more ways to convey the message without the other team being able to see it. Because it, it yeah. just it it all makes sense to me, and I think it's awesome. I, just I like, think it'll be really cool. I do too, but I think I like that it will speed up the game. I, though that's the most compelling argument for me is that it will speed up the game. I, because I'm a traditionalist as well, and being able to show the signs down is, mm-hmm. I think, part of the game. We're going to lose that. And so, I don't know. All the pop culture references from ever before are gone now. It's true. And Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yo, so, I mean, you're right. Like, all the all the Bull Durham jokes. <laughs> oh, the deuce. I want to throw the deuce. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's not going to make any sense. And I wonder how many, I wonder how many, uh, how many companies are going to, like, have to redirect product because like the, the sticky the sticky fluorescent things that the that the catchers put on their fingers yeah, the nail polish things yeah the nail polish yeah. stuff like that uh they're gonna have to repurpose some product because that's gonna go by the wayside but you might also need to have that ready to go in case the system fails okay so, and it will that's the first rule of technology right mm-hmm. yeah it's gonna fail at some point <clears throat> all right so andrew miller is retiring he announces retirement um first of all did you did you see this coming i mean he played 16 years in the league no but it makes sense that's exactly how i felt i was like <laughs> i was kind of like eh. okay yeah <laughs> yeah i saw that I, like i saw a lot of the reaction i was like i must be like missing something here huge right sure but I, yeah, it's kind of like, and and it might be because I don't watch the NL Central. <laughs> sure, have something to do with it. I don't know. Yeah, but, <laughs> yeah. that's really uh, funny that you bring that up. That's exactly how I felt. I was like, the, it was the almost same, a borderline. Who? The same Andrew Miller. Are we talking about the same Andrew Miller? He still plays baseball. Like that's how yeah. I felt. I don't know. I I feel really exactly. bad saying, yeah. saying that, but so the the implied question and the one I keep seeing rolling around. Is is he a Hall of Famer? Does he have a Hall of Fame career? I don't think so. I don't think so either. I don't even know why the question is being posed. I mean, he had that's, that's the question four... you ask when somebody retires. I know. Yeah, yeah. That's why I put it on here. But I see. I saw four, three, maybe, f- maybe four really amazing seasons. Whereas War went under one or under two uh, for those couple of years, and it was it was incredible. But the rest of his line is just he's a four th- four point zero three ERA career. And it's like, ah. okay, let's move on past Andrew Miller. Let's talk franchise management. So it's one of our favorite topics, and especially as it relates to tanking. 
Okay. Now I was reading a terrific article by MLB.com. David Adler wrote the article and he quoted Dan Simborski from Fangraphs, who does analysis for them. <clears throat> Get ready for this, Brad. Okay. Put your nerd hat on for a minute, okay? Position player lineups. Let's <laughs> my man. Let's talk position player lineups. Okay. So all franchise wide, all 30 franchises. Sort their position players' collective war. Okay? Okay. All right. Now, let's take all of the 30 franchises and talk about when they were last in their one-third or lower league-wide. So, if you take all position players, collectively, our lineup is better than or is is worse than two-thirds of the league okay. as sorted by war, collectively, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. 2021, there were 10 teams that fell in the lower third. That was the last time that franchise came in in the lowest one-third league-wide. Does that make sense? Am I making sense? Yeah, so, I mean, because the... When you think about it, it's like, yeah, there has to be a bottom there third, right? But it's collectively, right. it's it's all of their position players are in the bottom third. And I, I have something for you when you're done. Go ahead and finish. Okay, sorted by war, right? <clears throat> so ten teams have have earned that honor in 2021, and you think that's intuitive, but it's not because the last time it happened to four other teams was in 2020, right? So there mm-hmm. are four teams in 2020 where 2020 was the last time their entire pos- position player staff collectively ranked in the lowest one-third. In 2019, there were three teams that was as far back as 2019. Two teams the last time they fit in the lower third was 2018. Four teams, the, the oldest was 2016. Okay, now get ready for this. There's one team in Major League Baseball that has a position player lineup whose collective war... Has not mm-hmm. been in the lowest one third of Major League Baseball since 1988. One 88? franchise, one franchise has never finished, has never been graded this way, right? Their lineup, their opening uh-huh. day position player lineup, has not been in the lower one third since 1988. I'm gonna guess the Yankees. Does it no. say? It does say the Yankees come in, my friend, in, uh, hold on, come on, freaking thing. 2016 was the last time the Yankees lineup okay. ended up that low. Go ahead, Chick, try again. Okay. Um, I don't think it's the Dodgers. The Dodgers, last time they were, they were that low was 2012. Okay. Um. Uh, not the Cardinals. It's the Cardinals. Really? The wow. last time the Cardinals had had their position players line up collected by war huh. was 1988. The last time they were in the lower one third. Wow. One that's team. Cr- that's had crazy. 33 seasons. 33 seasons without a combined war in their lineup in the lowest one third of the league. That's crazy. So, so this is, here's an interesting thing about this though. Is that I'm certain, I am certain the Mariners were in the bottom third in 2021. Like, having gone through and looked at their collective war. They they the, are. I, yeah. That, but they missed the playoffs by one game. Right. That That's weird. It's, it's weird. It's really weird that you can have a bunch of guys who collective, like individually, stats say they stink. But yes. collectively, they're literally playing money ball. That's exactly that's what right. they were doing. Yes. So that's hard to measure a team and, and its desire to win. It is by its collective, quote, impact on the game, right? Because mm-hmm. this is an attempt to measure raw talent, yeah. raw capability. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it, it's so funny because I remember looking back uh like like i said at the mariners from last year and being like man they stunk at that position but then at the same time it's like there was a lot of production coming from there 
Right. And I think, and part of it was that one thing that's funny is that specifically looking at third base, Kyle Seeger spent, I think he played 140 some odd games at third base, yeah. but when they had to have somebody fill in for him, like I think Dylan Moore filled in for him and he had a war of like 0.9. And then you have like, um, like Donovan Walton go play third base for him. And his war is like negative 1.6. Right. You know, something like that. So those guys really drag it down when they come they in do. and fill in. Cause I don't know that's that right. it's weighted. I don't think it it's might, weighted. It, I, the, it what, from be, what but, I saw, yeah. it, I don't think it's weighted. I just think that anyway. So what? So the couple of questions that came immediately out of this was: Is this evidence of tanking? If these teams, if we have ten teams where the mm-hmm. last time their collective war was in the bottom one third was last year, franchise that's in insane. all of franchise history, mm-hmm. and there's a team that's was one outlier who's 33 years ago was the last time they were collectively bad mm-hmm. by talent pool. And it's, it's fascinating. It's, I feel like it's one of those things where it's how they choose to put the teams together. That's right. right? It has nothing to do with money. Like, right. You look at the Cardinals and they are contending every single year, but they don't they also yeah. pay anybody. They traded right. for Mark McGuire in the 90s, yeah. but that was like it. They, had, I know. they didn't pay Albert Pujols, which you know turned out to be a smart move on their on their part. Right. Um, but yeah, it's it's interesting. But the Seeing this actually made me think of a tweet that that I saw and shared with you this week. Yeah. Um, I think a, a lot of us saw it because Jock Peterson responded to it and was spitting hot fire about it. Yeah, um, he was. It came out. There was something that came out and said the bottom three teams with uh, for payroll in Major League Baseball were the Guardians at three point six million. Sorry, thirty five point six million. Three point six be pretty bad. Oh wow! Yeah, um, I don't think the that's Pirates. Legal. Are... <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it is. <laughs> There's the no problem. floor. Yes, okay. <laughs> the Pirates at 35 million, and the Orioles at about 30 million. And he's yeah. saying he's like, you should. I feel bad for these fan bases because that's embarrassing, and mm-hmm. and it really is. It really is embarrassing. And this is something that Rachel Luba, the agent, pointed out this week. She said, and I, I quote: "All 30 teams, small markets included, are guaranteed at least 100 million dollars annually from TV contracts alone." Now, I'm not saying you have to take that whole hundred million dollars and put it towards payroll because you've got to pay other people, right? There's I understand a lot of that. Other people, yeah, for sure. Yeah, a whole lot of other people, but at the same time, you're getting revenue from other places as well to yep. help with that, right? Also, you're filthy stinking rich and should be able to pay people. And you know, like we said, I'm not one to tell people how to spend their money, but you also make a sure. commitment when you buy a major league baseball team you, to but, the fan base, if nothing else. Yep. Yes. Yes. But here are the teams with payroll this year under $100 million. Cincinnati, Seattle, Kansas City, Tampa Bay, Arizona, Miami, Oakland, and then the other three teams that we mentioned, Cleveland, Pittsburgh, and Baltimore. Now, not all those teams are as egregious. No. Right? Yeah. But they're also not paying. Like, Cincinnati had a fire sale. Yeah. They traded a bunch of guys, and they're not paying anybody now, hardly. Um, right. The Mariners, one of the things that's funny is that like they tried to go out and get free agents, but nobody came. But then at yeah. the same time, they're kind of holding on to money, waiting to pay their core. Yeah. Because they're going to have to extend some guys. They're going to have to give, they're going to have to pay some guys. So, so as a Mariners fan, I'm okay with it. I'm really okay with it. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so there's yeah. that. But then there's like Tampa Bay perennially does not pay anybody. Arizona does not pay anybody. They just extended Cattell Marte today. First time ever they did a thing. But it wasn't that much money. I know. It's five years, 75 million. I get it. He hasn't stayed healthy since he's been in Arizona, but he's an all-star. And are there yeah. opt-outs and stuff? That, didn't I see? I would there assume were like so. I didn't see the all details. All kinds but... of justification for maybe we don't like you anymore. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but th- this is the thing with Marte, though, is that he doesn't put butts in seats. No. And he should because he's exciting when he's He's healthy. very exciting. Yes. Exactly right, and that and that's a problem. They need somebody bes- like by his side who puts butts in the seats, but nobody else on that team does. Yeah, and I get it. I mean, it's it's a big topic of discussion around here that there. Yeah, <laughs> you go see you go see the Diamondbacks to see the other team. It's well, it's, when we came into town, when I came into town, we went and saw the Cubs. I went and saw the Mariners twice in one weekend. Yep, but I'd do that anywhere. So yeah, you would. <laughs> it's just interesting that half of the teams you listed, uh, according to. Um, was that Luba? 
uh, the under 100 yeah. million are on my list of the 10 teams that had the lowest one third last season ever or oh, uh, really? the last time in franchise history. Yep. Wow. I don't know. I just think there's some connective dots here that, I, you know, I need to pay an a- analyst to, to come and do for us. Okay. So rule changes, let's shift gears. Uh, we keep talking about rule changes because rule changes keep getting talked about and we're really sorry, but they're still not set in stone this week. The owners are supposed to vote on the following rules they only need a simple majority vote to make this take place it's supposed to take place this week first one the otani rule which is te- it states that starting pitchers can they can remain as a designated hitter after they leave the mound mm-hmm. which is interesting that's in like lineup. that's like the opposite of the double hook it is the complete opposite it. of the double hook and it's just for one guy because he's awesome yep the ghost runner, extra innings runner on second, that is being voted on this week by the owners, and expanded rosters. So there's a proposal that the teams will maintain 28-man rosters until May 2nd, which is supposed to help curb uh, any issues from like rushing to spring training, have a shortened spring training. It's for all the of pitchers. That. It's all about pitchers. Of course it is. Yeah. But that's what it's for, right? So we're mm-hmm. the, they're going to be voting on that this week. We'll keep you up to date as they do. A um, couple more things before we take a quick break. Donnie Baseball. Donnie Baseball is the name of a new documentary. <laughs> and it's the documentary you didn't know you need, but you do. It's going to be awesome. And Brad hates the Yankees. So, like, it's going <laughs> to be like, awesome. I'll, I'll give you this. I have always liked Donnie Baseball. Who like, doesn't? Yeah. He's, like, <laughs> he's like baseball spirit animal is what he is. <laughs> So he's so Donnie if baseball. Just, that's if you just like baseball, you're gonna dig this. And there are some um great interviews. And get on YouTube and look up the trailer. They've already released the trailer. There are some great interviews by some great ball players, uh, and some people that you wouldn't expect to be on there saying all these wonderful, heartwarming things about Donnie baseball. So mm-hmm. we're really, really excited about that. Check it out April 3rd. Okay, moving on. The first female ever drafted onto a team to play baseball happened professional baseball this, in America yes, in America happened this week Alexis Hopkins is drafted in the eighth round overall by the Kentucky wild number eight the eighth genomes eighth sorry pick eighth pick it. I'm sorry eighth that's pick. different it is Atlantic League that's the Atlantic League because they are no longer affiliated with Major League Baseball. They're part of the one the group that got the axe. So I don't think they're the legends anymore. Brad and I are looking into it, trying to figure out well, just exactly yeah, what's happening. We might be doing some on-site investigation this year. We might we'll uh, yeah. we'll let you know. <laughs> <laughs> but they're in Lexington, and maybe they'll share a stadium with the legends. We don't know. They're conflicting reports. Not We're sure. gonna figure out what's going on. But the Kentucky Wild Health Genomes is the team that drafted her. It's a Very mouthful. excited. She's expected to be a bullpen catcher for now, and we'll we'll keep updates and see what happens. Moving on, Frederick Freeman apologized to the owner of the Braves. <laughs> you know, I was going to give you a lot of credit for giving uh, for getting Dan Simborski's name right on your first try, and then I saw on our lineup here what you did with the the Braves owner's name. And you can't even think, say it. I think it's Anthopolis. I think that that like canceled it out. Yeah. <laughs> I just I spelled A N T H O. Jibber jabber. Who cares? Uh, he apologized to the owner of the Atlanta Braves, and I don't understand why. I don't think he did anything wrong, and Brad seems to have justification for that. So, what, Brad? This, <laughs> I feel like the Braves did did the best thing for them, right? As far as like, we're going to give you this many years, this much money. They wouldn't go more than five years, and he wanted a sixth year, and I think that was really the thing because when it came down to it he signed for a million dollars more every year than what was offered by atlanta it definitely wasn't about the money it was about the sixth year and and i can see him being like you know 
I loved being there. I really loved playing for the team, but I've got to do what's best for me, what's best for my family. I'm sorry that it didn't work out. I could see that. Sure. You know, it's no disrespect to you, mm-hmm. but I've got to look out for my family. I can see I it makes sense to me why he would apologize and why he feels like he might need to because he's like the nicest guy in baseball or one of them. That's true. You know, since Donnie baseball. Yeah. Yeah. So um, he did share a farewell letter to the fan base. And I thought a couple of really interesting elements of that. First, he said he will return to play the Braves in June when the Dodgers are in town in Atlanta. And uh, that's where they will present him with his World Series ring, which is very, very exciting. There was question mm-hmm. as to whether or not they would present it to him, you know, off site somewhere. Was it going to be on the field or what? You know, because they do a big celebration every year mm-hmm. with the yeah. home team. So and he's not on the home team anymore. So that'll be really interesting. So they're going to give him his ring in June. And I thought the best part was at the very end of his letter, he says, I'll see you in June and in October. Oh, dang. Yeah, <laughs> it was a dot, 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 and in October. And I was like, mm, yes, <laughs> my man. <laughs> yes. It was just enough. I loved it. It was sportsmanship. So it was classy. It was everything you want. Here's this for you, Brig. I have one thing. Um, so the big thing these days in sports, especially in the NBA, is like the thank you video that the team does, like the tribute video. Yes. Do the Braves do one of those for Freddie Freeman in June? If not sooner. Yep. Yeah. You think you think he'll get one when they go back when he goes back? Yes. Okay. How could he not? How could oh, he? Oh, I not? wasn't sure if maybe they would wait until like his farewell tour. No. The end of his career. No, nothing is nothing is guaranteed, Brad. It's true. You do it. It's true. Just knock it, it out. You gotta do it now. Yeah. You're right. Last thing we have to talk about. The Dodgers. Dave Dave Roberts. It's not on the lineup because I oh. forgot. <laughs> He guaranteed a World Series <laughs> victory in so, L.A. That's the headline. He did. I, I don't think he, he did. I I don't think he did because I heard it live. I was listening to the interview. I know. And the the way the question was, Dan Patrick said, the Dodgers win the World Series if. And Robert said, if there's a complete season and there's a postseason, and it was kind of like, well, wait a minute, there might not be. He goes, no, like if we play the World Series, we're going to win it. Right. And he and Dan Patrick was kind of like, oh, really? And he goes, well, I mean, as long as our starting staff stays healthy. Yeah, that's what you want to hear from everybody. I mean, that's the answer. You don't want to be like, if all the cards fall into place and all the stars align and the planets are where they need to be. When yeah. it comes time to play postseason baseball, we'll win it. No, you want you want your manager to be like, if yeah. we play it, we're going to win it. Yeah, exactly. Right. But what's funny well, is the uproar. Oh, so much <laughs> uproar, so much, and it's ridiculous. It's like, come on, it's so fun. What it's are you not ridiculous to say? It's awesome. <laughs> it's so, and you know what? I love that they twisted his words. I re- I do. I love that they're like, do you know what Dave Roberts said? They said he's going to win. We're guaranteed, guaranteed to win the it. World Series. Guaranteed <laughs> it. He put his hat he's in the He's doing the, the Moses Malone, the Moses Malone, foe, foe, foe. Yeah. Three foe, and foe. I, <laughs> and you know what? Part of me, this is the this is the best part about sports where the fact and the fiction kind of like mingle and we, you know, there's this fight that happens. This be, It's the best because I need a manager who's like, We're, it's ours. Take yeah. it from me. I love yeah. that. So I, part of me wishes he just said it. Take it from me. Go ahead. Prove me wrong. Yeah. Because yeah. we need that fight and fire in baseball. Anyway, baseball family, don't forget, you can jump on Patreon if you like what we're doing, if you love what we got going on here. If it's for you, for less than one of my bougie cups of coffee every month, Brad says, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you can support the show. You go to Patreon, search for Baseball Together. We have a 5 a 10 and a $15 tier. We're really excited to continue to bring you this content. We love doing this. We love the support we get from you. And now there's another way to support us. And uh, if you have the means and, and you're interested, that's a, that's another way you can do it. We would really appreciate it. So with that, Absolutely. baseball family, we're going to take a quick break. And we'll be right back with our Met, our Giants. Not the Mets. They're both orange. Our Giants, Mount Rushmore. Take me out to the ball game. Take me out to the crowd. 
Buy me some peanuts and cracker jacks. I don't care if I never get back with me root, root, root for the whole day. Don't win, it's a shame. For it's one, two, three strikes, you're out at the old. Ball game. Shop kids baseball shirts at nineplusss dot com. Welcome back, baseball family. As Brig mentioned earlier, we are actually talking about the San Francisco Giants and their Mount Rushmore nominees. Now, before mm-hmm. we get into that, we have some information to present to you, the listener and viewer, depending on where you're taking in the podcast um, about the San Francisco giants. I'm going to start if that's okay with you break. Yeah, I think you should. Okay. I like to, I like to find out where the team names came from. I think the most of the, most of the time they're really interesting. Um, so I, I thought that I would go with that. So the San Francisco giants, as we know, started out in New York as the New York Gotham's. But after a rousing victory in 1885, the team's manager referred to his players as my Giants. The team quickly changed from Gotham's to the Giants and kept the name when they moved out to San Francisco from New York in 1957. Whoa! I think it's funny that all it takes is somebody saying something that early on in the team's history to change it over, right? The Gotham's? Yeah, the New York Gotham's. That is a real thing. And then one little riff off. That's crazy. I love Mm. that. Yeah. That's awesome. That's according to TeamNameOrigin.com. Greg, why don't you give us a breakdown of the history of the Gotham's and the Giants? I shall, sir. They have an official record. Well, first of all, they have been around forever. Forever. Yes. 139 seasons. They've been playing professional baseball as a franchise, as an organization, since 1883. It's insanity. I love it. I love that about them. Okay. Mm -hmm. Record in that 100, almost 140 years. Okay. The record is 1,000, excuse me, 11,301. To 9,773 games. That puts them at a 536 win loss percentage. They have had 27 playoff appearances, 23 pennants, eight world championships. They have retired 10 of their organic team numbers, 11 if you include Jackie Robinson, which we do. They also have four retired names, one of which is a player, one's a manager, two are broadcasters. We, uh, those names are, I am not going to tell you, because what if Brad and I pick one of them? Ha! What do you think about that? (laughs) (laughs) Almost blew it, but, and I didn't. Okay, Brad. (laughs) So real quick, something that's interesting. So on baseball together, or baseball together, I wish we had this on baseball together. On baseballreference.com, they have a breakdown of when they won their World Series. And the San Francisco Giants won all three of their World Series that they own last decade. Yeah. That That's crazy to think about. Yes, the Giants in New York won five. Yeah. But that's that's insane to me. Somebody who, like, my dad grew up a Giants fan because his dad's from the Bay Area, so that's who he grew up watching before the Mariners became a thing. Yeah. And so somebody who's who grew up in a house where, you know, like I said, my dad is a huge Giants fan, I would have thought, like with how much he loved them, that they were like perennial winners <laughs> and, and a really great franchise. But I guess I mean they're a great franchise. The, yeah, great franchise, rich history, but lots of pennants, but eight world championships, mm-hmm. and they only have won three since 1957. Yeah, it's interesting because you're right; they're really storied, and people love them. Mm-hmm. The very popular, even like outside of San Francisco, you find a lot of Giants fans all over the place. Yeah. That's right. So Brad and I, for those of you who might be new to the show, we go through and we suggest to you and to one another whom we believe you cannot tell the story of the franchise without. There are four names that cannot be left off the history books 
we kind of fight over it a little bit sometimes. But more often than not, what's interesting is that we overlap. Brad and I do not share details of our discovery process or our research methods before we go into this. And I don't know who he's picked. He doesn't know whom I've picked. And we are going to get into it now. We have overlapped every single time at least once leading mm-hmm. up to this. So um, that's not a jinx moment, but it might be. We'll see what happens. I well, we say it, it every time. We we still overlap. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's going to jinx anything. And I'm certain we're going to overlap on at least one. Yeah. Tonight. Yeah. So. All right, Brad, so why that. don't you go first? Give me your give okay. your first player that you think belongs on there. Mount Rushmore. Okay, I'm just going to get this out of the way. This is a controversial player, and I think me saying that, no. you know exactly who it is. No! Okay. Um, I don't feel like you can leave Barry Bonds off of the Mount Rushmore. I You you can't. Because of his impact on the game, the way that, like, I shouldn't say the way that he played it, but he was he still had to hit the ball, Brick. And this is the thing, is everybody says that, a lot of people have said that Barry Bonds is one of the best hitters to ever play the game flat out and he was playing in the same league at the same time as tony gwynn for a while yeah that's a fact so the the reason he was the reason he was such a good hitter is because his eyes are so good he could let the ball travel deeper and his hands are so quick that he could still get around on it yeah you know that somebody who's that great of a hitter and yes i understand i i'm well aware of the accusations of steroids and all the evidence that points to it as well i am well aware and i have my disdain for steroids as well but a guy who was feared so much in his career that even in pittsburgh at 27 years old he led the league in intentional walks with 32 for the next one two three four five six seven years he led the league in intentional walks and then in 2002 until 2004 he also led the league in intentional walks with 120 in 2004 and then his yeah. last two years in the league 0607 he led the league in intentional walks again pitchers feared the man they would rather walk in a run with Barry Bonds at the plate than pitch to him and they did and they did yeah, i mean we see the clip on social anecdote. media all the time that happens yeah yeah right and then you look like if you look at his baseball reference profile, there are so many bolded numbers outside of the home run totals. Like you forget, you, you can throw out of the home run totals. All, I don't care. That's fine. If he hit two home runs a year during his career, but he still put up a batting average of or an, op, an on-base percentage of 410, 456, 458, that's three years in a row. Those are all real. I'm still going to put this guy on Mount Rushmore because he wasn't just hitting home runs. He was getting on base. Yeah. And that's unreal to me. Somebody was that good of a hitter. And then, yes, steroids most likely came into play, and he started crushing it, hitting balls into McCovey Cove left and right. But even if he was peppering the wall, I'd take the guy on my team, man. Absolutely. Hmm. 100% of the time. Okay, fine. Okay, who you got? All right, I'm and, yes, go make guy. room for that big head. Make, for, make extra room for the big head, too. <laughs> <laughs> anyway sorry go okay ahead. all right i'm gonna go with a guy my my number one pick who is was born in riverside california actually so i i like that little detail he's an eight-time gold glover which i think is important given the rest of my in- information 12 times silver slugger we saw that coming seven times seven times mvp seven times 14-time All-Star. Most of them were sequential, save one <clears throat> during a, a string of those, I should say. There was only one year he wasn't. Home Run Derby champion, two times batting title, three times Major League Player of the Year. Career War 162.7. Barry Bonds. You can't. You just can't argue with it. I know. I am. I do not want him in the Hall of Fame. He is a phenomenal baseball player. <laughs> flat out. Flat, flat out, out phenomenal. And he spent 15 of his 22 uh, seasons in Major League Baseball playing in San Francisco. So you cannot tell the story of 
the San Francisco Giants without Barry Bonds. You simply can't. You shouldn't even try. And I think that that it's just astonishing. And I love that you cited his OBP in 91, 92, and 93, where he led the league 410, 456, 458. That's two seasons in Pittsburgh, one season in San Francisco. I think that right there does as much for me to consider him before his performance-enhancing stuff than anything else, which is what you were saying. So, yes, mm-hmm. I, while I am a curmudgeon about this, I am a stick in the proverbial mud about Barry Bonds. <laughs> I do not believe that the history of the franchise can be told without Barry Bonds. Well, and one thing that's crazy is I think, I can't remember if Jonathan said this on our draft episode a couple weeks ago or if it, or if it was just in conversation, whatever. Um, but he truly believes that Barry Bonds leaving the Pirates destroyed the franchise. Yeah. Because they yeah. haven't been the same since then. Like they had Andrew McCutcheon, they made the playoffs, but Josh Barry Bonds, right. Barry Bonds was was the keystone. Yeah. Let ever me, since let, then. Let me go back and make this very clear. He has an eight time gold glove winner. You it you can't that has nothing to do with hitting home runs. Nothing. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. He's a great yep. baseball player. Flat out. He's more well-rounded than people give him credit for. Yeah. The end. Okay, Brad. Since we overlapped, go with your number two. Okay, my number two um, is actually uh, was my dad's favorite player. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I've been looking. I've been wanting to get him a jersey for years of this player. This is a guy who was born in Westfield, Alabama. Hall of Famer, of course. Two-time MVP. One rookie of the year. Was part of the 1954 World Series team, and uh, it's the say hey kid Willie Mays. That's he's my number two as well. <laughs> this is the one I assumed as like at the very least. It we're has to be Willie Mays. Mays. Yes, and I know you didn't expect me to pick Barry Bonds, so I didn't. No. Yeah, Willie yeah. Mays. Oh, the guy is phenomenal. Literally, mm-hmm. 21 years in San Francisco. 21 mm-hmm. years. He has a career war of 156.1. Career batting average is is 301. Home runs 660 before steroids. You could even spell them. (laughs) So this is one thing that I think is crazy is like most, like most guys in the time in 1953, he didn't play. He missed, missed a season because of military service. And then he comes back in 1954 is obvious is an all-star. Obviously, you know, most of the guys came back then, but he won the MVP and hit 345. Yeah, he did. That's legit. I don't care that who you are. That is legit. And hit 41 home runs. Yeah. So, I don't know. I feel like Willie Mays is one of those guys that's like, I don't feel like we have to justify him. If you say the name, everybody's going to, most people I feel like are going to agree that he goes up on yeah. on Mount Rushmore. You so. can't, I mean, you can't do it with that. And the catch for, I mean, the guy has a, has a, a play named, like it's his play that's called the, the catch. basket catch. Yeah. It's it's the most famous catch in the outfield like of all time. So if you haven't seen the catch, you have to go see the video of Willie Mays makes the catch. Mhm. Yeah, so uh, when epic. I think of when I think of highlight reel catches um in Major League Baseball, obviously I think of the Ken Griffey Jr. Spider-Man catch. Yeah. That's amazing. And then I think <laughs> I think of the Willie Mays basket catch over the shoulder. Yep. Like those are those are the two big ones. There's obviously some like the Jim Edmonds one, whatever. That's fine. You can you can have that if you want it. But I don't need it because you I know have what the others. <laughs> <laughs> you know what the best part about the Willie Mays catch is? I just that? looked this up. I wanted to make sure I was right. It's 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 in game one of the World Series in 1954. Okay, the Cleveland Indians had runners on first and second. I'm quoting now from Sports Illustrated. Runners on first and second against the New York Giants. Uh, Vic Wirtz hits a 425-foot shot to center field. And by the way, if you see the video, there's still room after 425 feet. That's a long ways out there. Um, and he sprinted and then over the shoulder grabbed it. Now, the, the best part about that is the game is tied 2-2. Two to two. Same that's game. clutch that's impact love it you can't get enough that's awesome two to two in a world series game ah 
I'm just glad it's on video. <laughs> Me too, because and it's super grainy. Like they very well could have just been like, "Nah, we don't. We're not broadcasting these games yet." <laughs> yeah, but you can. It's, you can. It's so. It's clear. the olden days. It's the olden days. We're not broadcasting baseball yet. That's. I think that's how that conversation would go. That's right. We live life that's in black right. and white. See. <laughs> I think that's well, so why. That's <laughs> <laughs> <It's> true. <laughs> But let's Baseball go ahead. Let's, let's, let's take, take a quick, a quick break. break. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then we're going to come back and we'll overlap some more. It'll be great. <laughs> the Non-There Sports Podcast is the home of sports talk for everyone. Every other week, you can catch David and Jason as they talk about all things sports. From current events to classic moments and everything in between. You can find the Non-There Sports Podcast on Anchor.fm, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, and more. Please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Welcome back, baseball family. We are discussing the San Francisco Giants, and we're very excited about it. Brad has invited me to uh, broadcast my number three pick first, and I had told him no, but he wouldn't stand for it. So I'm going to go now. And I'm going to tell you about this guy <laughs> that I think it, it, this might be a controversial pick as well, actually. But I don't care because I get to do whatever I want. I'm going to talk about <laughs> I'm going to talk about a guy who has won the MVP. He's a seven time all star and he has been part of all three World Series championships that they have had since moving to san francisco he has a career war of 44.9 there is some uh there are projections for his 2022 season which we will not see very likely um 12 12 years in the season in the league he opted out during the 2020 season i'm talking about buster posey Mm -hmm. he won rookie of the year that's a huge deal by the way in case you're new to baseball or sports he turned 35 today by the way that's today? Today. Today's the day. March Alex 27th. Um, baseball reference says specifically on his profile. Look at that. It says happy birthday. It really does. That's <laughs> awesome. He is a gold glove. He's got a batting championship, batting title. He's a five-time silver slugger. Uh, the guy's just amazing. I mean, he's a great, great ball player. And he's... Uh, an enormous part of the success that they've had. I mean, like we talked about, they've only won three world championships since 1957. He's been there for all of them and not just there, but integral to all of them. So I don't think you can talk about them without Buster Posey. Now I love me some Buster Posey. I think we've established this on the show. Sure. Um, And he was like, right away. I was like, number one, Willie Mays, Mm -hmm. number two, Buster Posey. But I'm going to say he ended up break as my runner-up. Whoa! Yeah. Because there were a couple guys who I was kind of teetering with, and I was like, the only way I can get them both in is if I take out Buster Posey. I think Uh, if he had had a longer career, because he did retire after the 2021 season. Yeah, he did, yeah. I think if he had played for three more years, and we had this conversation in four, then... I think at that point he would be a no-brainer. Absolutely. Okay. But you can't fault a guy for going out on his own terms. And on top. And I mean, I still the winning can't his team last fact. year. That's they right. Won more, I can't more games than anybody last year. I just love it. And he was and last year he was an all-star. Um, he won a silver slugger. The guy played 113 games and he went, you know what? I'm done. Batting average 304. Would you that's great. For your That's a good one to end on. Your, your age thirty four season, your last season, your last season in the league, you ended on a three hundred four batting average. Yeah, his lifetime batting average is three hundred two. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. The guy yeah. is just a killer ball player. One hundred percent, absolutely. Um, I wonder if maybe that was something he like took into consideration. Was yeah. he's like, this is where my stuff is right now, so. This is a good time to end it. I don't know. I think it's a solid pick. I agree. Absolutely. 100%. So for my next pick, I'm going to go with a guy who obviously a Hall of Famer, 10-time All-Star, 
won an ERA title, so makes him a pitcher naturally. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Although, isn't naturally like the second baseman? No, he's the first baseman. No, he's uh, the catcher. No, naturally, he's. I don't know. I'm lost. I know he's first, not the first baseman. Who's, who's on first, on, Brad? Yeah, who's on first? I don't know why I did that. Anyway, while you look that up, Brig, I'm going to talk more about this pitcher. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. He spent 14 years with the Giants, 14 of them all in San Francisco, mind you. Um, in 63, he led the league in innings pitched, mm. uh, also with 25 wins. And um, that same year, he faced 1,270 batters, and that was good enough for the most in major leagues or the national league. This guy is Juan Marichal. Oh, yay. That's a name that to me, anytime anybody talks about the giants, it's like, well, you Mm -hmm. can't forget Juan Marichal. He's a name that comes up every single time. I mean, obviously you've got Willie Mays and, and Barry Bonds who are like the top tier upper, upper echelon. But I feel like anytime that there's a conversation about the giants, great Juan Marichal's name comes up. Every single time. And a guy a guy who like he doesn't have a whole lot of the accolades, right? Like he he doesn't have a Cy Young, but he's a ten time all star. Um he yeah. was he was the all star game MVP. But like this is this is one thing that it, that's really interesting to me is that if you look when you're looking at his baseball reference stat sheet, mm-hmm. anytime there's something that's bolded, it means that they led the league in that specific statistic. For that, yeah, for that, year. and it's peppered. It's peppered with bolded, <clears throat> with bolded sure. numbers, like um, complete games. He led the league in sixty-four, and again in sixty-eight. Uh, he led the league in sh- with shutouts in sixty-five, and again in sixty-nine. Um, led the league with the ERA title in out of a two point one zero in sixty-nine. And it's it's not just that it, he had like one great year and then it cut off. It's that. The first time that he led the league in innings pitched was in 63, but then he continued to pitch on like his career ended in 75 and he was with the Giants until 73 Mm -hmm. that he continued to be great. And uh, I mean, sustained success is a big deal to me because it's so hard to do. Not just in professional sports, but in professional baseball, especially to me. And as a pitcher, like that's a really big deal. Yeah, so I, I got to put Juan Marichal on my uh, on my Mount Rushmore. Hmm. Nice. Thanks. Who else you yeah, got? That's for us, that's Brig? a good one. How many do I have left? Two slots, right? Um, <clears throat> one no, because you did one and a runner-up. That's right. Maze, Bonds, Posey, and Buster. And more. Okay. So I have a couple that are um, that I that I was toying between. Therefore, I have a runner-up, but. Um, I'm going to give you my number one first, and then I'll deal you my runner-up. Okay. Okay. The last guy I think belongs on the on the Mount Rushmore for the San Francisco Giants. Never played in San Francisco. Played for the New York Giants <clears throat> the whole time, and the whole time consists of 22 seasons in the same franchise. I love that. I'm all about that kind of stuff, and that happened a lot mm-hmm. back uh, in the years between 1926 and 1947 when this guy was on the roster, he was an all-star 12 times, all of them consecutive, every one of them from his age 25 season in 1934, all the way to his age 35 season in 1944. This guy was in all-star games as part of the 1933 world series. He's in the hall of fame. He played right field and third base. I have Mel Ott. I was going to ask if I could guess, but I was clearing my throat, so I didn't. Oh, <laughs> yeah, Mel Ott. <laughs> That's a solid pick. Thank you. Dig this. Ready? Career war 110.9. Okay. A career batting average at 304. OBP 414, slugging 533, OPS 947. The guy is just a machine. Mm-hmm. And talk about a stat page that is littered with bolded um, numbers. This, this is exactly what you have here. Um, yeah. Even to the point of leading the league in games one year, 1932 led with 154 of them. But he led the league in OBPs, led the league in 
based on balls. <laughs> He's led the league in RBIs. He led the league in home runs in 1932, 34, 36, 37, 38, and 42. He led the leagues in home runs every one of those years. And that's incredible if you're talking about the 30s. We all know what happened in the 30s. So long story short, dude's amazing. Cannot tell the story of the franchise without him. And mm-hmm. and partially in order to not forget the past. Yeah, it is important to remember the New York Giants. Like That's one thing that I think happens sometimes is that when teams relocate, that sometimes that previous location is forgotten. Like I think that the one big example of that to me, and it really bugs me, is Oklahoma Oklahoma City Thunder is they act like they're an expansion team at least from what I've seen they they discount the Seattle SuperSonics history and it really yeah. bugs me and rubs me the wrong way and I don't know if it's because the the Seattle SuperSonics like the name is stuck in Seattle right yeah like that that maybe they can't do that but they act like it's always been them <laughs> you know yeah yeah that's and that's one thing that there's a lot of things about that franchise that rubs me the wrong way and that's one of them and i i love that the san francisco giants there's a continuation from the new york giants that yeah, mel right. ott feels as much like a giant as willie mays and barry bonds and buster posey do yeah so yeah it's cool. fantastic and, and i i love the history love it so mm-hmm. Yeah, 140 seasons, 139 seasons. It's like there's a huge history. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there so is. for instance, that j- let me just give you another instant. No, because you have another name. Gosh dang it. No, hey. go ahead. Go ahead. You're good. Go ahead. Are you, well, what if you pick this person? I don't think I will. Are you sure? Yep. If I do, okay. then we'll – it's a perfect segue. Go ahead. Okay. So another pitcher. Is your guy a pitcher? Nope. Okay, perfect. Hall of Fame pitcher, career war 106.5, played for the New York Giants for uh, 17 seasons, Christy Mathewson, right? Mm -hmm. Like, Christy Mathewson's literally phenomenal. His career ERA is 2.13. He's got one of the best pitchers in all of history of baseball, Mm -hmm. and he is part of this franchise, right? Yeah, yeah. So, I I just love stuff like that. Love it. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. Okay, my last guy um, was born in Mobile, Alabama. He's a Hall of Famer. He won the Rookie of the Year, an MVP, six-time All-Star. Um, but this is this is the big thing: is I think that you can't not have the guy. I mean, I know you've got, I know you've got a landmark named after him. I guess I should say a watermark named after him. Yes, but you've got to yes. have you got to have William McCovey. He's my runner-up. <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. Oh, I was going to say, I love McCovey it. McCovey okay, Cove ahead. is such a big deal. Yeah. And the fact they named it after Willie McCovey, I love every stinking bit of it. Like every last little bit of it. Um, Every single splashdown. I look forward. I don't know why I look forward to them hear, hearing them say McCovey Cove. Um, it's not like I was alive when he was playing. I mean, his last year was in 1980. (laughs) I think it's the baseball (laughs) history nerd in me. It's like, yes, William Covey every time his legacy lives on, you know, with the splashdown. Exactly. Right. That they didn't change the name to bonds cove because they very well easily could have, you know? Yeah. But well, anyway, you know, what's actually called, uh, it's, um, I looked it up. It's like China's den or something like that. China, China Bay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I looked it up today because I wanted to make sure that that wasn't like the official name. Me too. Uh, yeah, I did the same but... thing. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, we're both no, such so... nerds. <laughs> I know. I love it. <laughs> but, so he led the league with home runs three times. Uh, once in '63 with 44, then '68 and '69 with 36 and 45, respectively. And both those years, he led the league with RBI and RBIs as well. Yeah. Um, he won an MVP in that 69 season. And um, another guy who pitchers were afraid of. Mm-hmm. He led the league with intentional pa- free pa- intentional free passes, I should say. Mm-hmm. One, two, three, four times mm-hmm. uh, in, the, in a five-year stretch from 69 to 73. 
the only year was um was 1972, but he only played half the season. So I'm sure the pitchers were kind of like, yeah, just pitch him the ball, you know? Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. I I feel like William McCovey is as much a part of Giants history as anybody else and ought to be. And I feel, and you can, I'm not going to take anything away from you, Brig, by making him your runner up because he has a spot. He has a literal spot with yeah. the franchise outside right. of a Mount Rushmore. So it, it, it makes sense, but I, I got to put him there. I still got to put him on there. I, I so. agree. And he and I would have had to move Buster Posey to put him on there, and I could I just couldn't move Buster Posey off. And so, so the guy I moved Buster Posey off, like this, pains me, pains me. It was Barry Bonds. It was the one I moved oh, Buster Posey off for. Yeah, that's hard. <laughs> that's hard. It's a tough decision. Yeah, so. that is tough. But I think you made the right one, honestly. Yeah. Much as that pains me to say, I. I still and and between mm-hmm. the two of us, we you know. So baseball family, tell us what you think. Do you like? Do you agree with our picks? Do you not? Do we are we are we terrible at this? No, we're we're not <laughs> terrible at it. Unless you want to yell at us about it, come on the show, yell at us about it. It'd be great. Let us know. We yeah, let us know. You can do that by do by visiting baseballtogether.com, where you can leave us a comment on the YouTube channel. You can comment on whatever podcast streaming service you're using as well. Um, but on baseballtogether.com, you can call in and leave us a voicemail and go on that tirade you're just barely containing right now. The one <laughs> that that you know would terrify the the person you're carpooling with right now on your way to or from the office. Like that's the person you need to protect by getting on and sending us a voicemail <laughs> about who you think belongs on the Giants Mount Rushmore. <laughs> He's not wrong, but you can That's also right. send an email. You can jump in the mailbag. There's a link there as well. There's also a link in the description of every single episode to send an email through the mailbag. And we, we love to get those. Those are a ton of fun for yeah, us, but, uh, but don't forget to like subscribe, rate and review as well. Let us know what you think about the podcast. What are we doing? Are we doing a good job? Maybe not. Do you, do you complain to the person you par- carpool with? Like, I don't know why I listen to these guys. They're just jokers. These guys. <laughs> I know anyway. I do. Anyway, <laughs> don't forget to jump on the shop as well at 9plusus.com. We can get all the merch we're wearing right now and more. And uh, baseball family, with that, we are excited. And we will catch you next week. Next week.